I think it takes a little bit to really sink in and and even the days after that, right, is like, oh, shit, that actually happened. Um, but, you know, the moments right after of being like, oh, yeah, I, I just got that win. And then like, oh, I got that win. Like, oh, man, that's crazy. You know, obviously also thinking about, you know, on the back end of like, oh, man, I, like I almost didn't go or like things weren't perfect or, you know, my head going, my headspace going into it wasn't perfect um, uh, to be able to still come out. And, and win that tournament was a really cool thing. Um, and yeah, so I think, you know, all the mo emotions that build at the end of that. And also knowing that, you know, going in as the underdog and then being able to get that win. And, um, you know, to some degree, like I said earlier, competition is a lot of just data collection. But it, to me, it's also like, you know, proving to myself to some degree um, where I'm at. And, uh, you know, so to get get some of those big wins or, or to win a tournament like East coast trials is just like, you know, a really cool moment as a competitor and as an athlete to put in so much work and then being like, Hey, like, look at these results. What is up, ladies and gents? It is your friendly neighborhood BJJ podcaster, Rav Esparza, coming to you with another great installment of the Grappling Hour. Do you like the hat? I do. My sister gave it to me, so I'm wearing it today. I've yet to wear it. She came back from vacation a long time ago, and I just looked at it, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to send a note to my sister and tell her thank you for a wonderful, wonderful uh, gift back from Italy, which was very nice to see. All right, you're not here for that. Before we get to our guest, who I'm very excited to talk to in a few seconds, I do want to tell you this. You can support the show in the following ways. If you like the show, and I hope that you do. I hope you don't watch stuff that you just hate. That seems like a very bad thing for your blood pressure and for life, etc., etc. But if you do like the show and you like me, one of those two, it would be great if you could support the show by going over to hideuppage backslash grappling hour. If you go there, you can get early access by seeing these interviews 30 days before anybody else. And if you really, really like the show, you can also do something that's, I don't know, supporting the premium option. On the premium option, we get tape studies with the athletes talking about their matches. We get special episodes where people roast my own competition footage and uh, extra mini-sode episodes that aren't available anywhere else, where we go in deep on topics like steroids or the athletes that athletes say they respect the most after competing against them. So those are a few of the ways that you can support the show. You can also like, comment, and subscribe. And if you don't know what you want to comment on by the end of the video, I'll give you a prompt that'll hopefully give you something to say in the comments. And finally, you can join our Discord. All right, let's get to our guest. I am very excited to talk with our guest. She is one of the individuals who just beasted at ADCC trials. It was so fun watching her compete, uh, especially like, man, toward the end with her finals. So fun, so fresh, so great to see. And, you know, I've kind of kept an eye on her on, in the competition scene in the background. And I'm just excited whenever I see people and I do the little preview, like the little pre-interview where we talk before we start filming. And she's full of energy. 
which means I don't need to keep talking. I need to just bring her on air right now so that we can welcome, for the very first time, one of your ADCC trials winners, one Mo Black. Mo, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on today. Mo, it is a pleasure to bring you on. First and foremost, congratulations on the performance over at ADCC. I know it's a little bit removed. We're about a month removed and change from when you won, but are you still feeling that high from winning back in mid-October? Definitely. You know, that was a, a big win. Really exciting to have the performance that I did um, and in, in this new weight class. So, uh, yeah, definitely still excited about what happened and, and it just makes me excited for the future as well. Well, you mentioned something that I think is important to note, which is you mentioned being a winner of a new weight class, which essentially means you've already made history thus far in being the first here. What did it mean to be a representative in this brand new weight class? And what did it feel like competing at a weight that I know many female athletes have been clamoring for and arguing and trying to say, you know what? There shouldn't just be two weight classes here. Right. So really uh, starting out because I I really enjoy the ADCC rule set. And so this summer I'd been competing at the 60 kilo division and kind of thinking that even if they expanded, that it was going to be, you know, uh, an additional weight class and not actually a change in, in the current one. Um, so when they put 65 in there, I'm like, it's a little heavier than I sit. Um, but obviously going down to 55 would be a lot. So, um, you know, this one was first just uh, kind of feeling that division out, being a little bit smaller for the division. Um, obviously getting that win and getting to beat some, you know, really tough athletes and girls along the way. It's, I mean, you know, it, it was exciting and, uh, you know, to think about it as like making history, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to, to have the opportunity to, to be the one to win West coast trials. That was cool. Now you were mentioning that you were doing some of the opens and, and kind of getting those, uh, I guess those, those reps in competition for you. I'd love if you could share this because there are some athletes who are doing both. I feel like they know it, it's better to get out there to get that competition experience because it is a different rule set. What is the biggest difference in your opinion between doing those opens and that trials experience that you had? Yeah, uh, biggest difference, um, I guess as with the ADCC rule set overall, right? Um, my first trials was, um, you know, the, the last go through for West coast and, um, you know, you kind of forget that you have that overtime. I've been so used to IBJJF. I made a mistake in, in one of my, uh, right at the end of one of my regulation matches, we were tied up on score and I tried to rush something. Cause you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, you know, just like IBJJF, you got to show the refs you want to win this. Right. And it got me in trouble, got me scored on at the end. Uh, and, uh, from that point on, I was like, dang, I need to, you know, kind of get in these rules a little bit more. And so getting into the opens and, um, really getting to learn all those technicalities, the strategy that goes into it, obviously having over time is different. Um, the rules on takedowns and, uh, penalized guard pulls in the second half and then an OT, um, is different, but I really like that cause I like the wrestling, but, um, you know, between the opens and trials, there's not a, a huge difference, um, in my opinion. I think getting into those opens uh, w- was really good uh, practice 
and uh, helped me understand the rules a lot better. Going into trials, it didn't feel scary, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's a, a real thing to try and get in. I always tell our guys, like, there's one guy who I know uh, from our crew who was just kind of casually, since he's newer, but good. He was kind of like, yeah, I think I want to do trials. And I was like, you should do an open first. Open yeah, just be, try it out. <laughs> you should probably get a sense of what it feels like first before going to the big dance. And uh, lo and behold, they just announced that over in California, they're going to do an open on uh, January 20th. And I can't help but think to myself, I'm like, hey, West Coast competitors, how are you not doing that? Like that, it, it should almost be a requirement uh, to get those reps in because it's so hard to replicate in your room given, let's say you have five or six other black belts. Let's say you have really top tier talent it's still really hard to recreate and simulate all of those things that you experience at that high level. So I feel like the nice part to me is you were already kind of identified very early as somebody who would do well in this rule set. So when that happens, is there any little bit of pressure that you have? Because sometimes they identify you and say like, Hey, one to look out for, keep an eye on her. And meanwhile, you're like, cool, I want to go just compete and do it. That means that there's some attention on you already going into a tournament. Right. Yeah. And I try not to, you know, obviously it's some pressure, right. But trying to look at that as actually a positive thing. Um, you know, a lot of the pressure that we put on ourselves to compete is a lot in our heads. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a good thing to have people looking out for you and everything. You know, I've, I've been, uh, kind of i would say a little inconsistent with some of my uh competition performances in the past and i'm really trying to work towards uh almost that like kale sanderson approach right um me and one of my training partners talk about that a lot about um how your performance or your results are your effort and your attitude and focusing on performance over results so even with a little bit of pressure or, you know people having eyes on you or something you know still just trying to take in the same mindset that I want to perform. I want to uh, put my best effort out there. And, uh, you know, that means I'm going to lose some and I'm going to win some and uh, all of it will be data collection to get better. Again, I tell people, I'm like that data that, that you get is so valuable. Like it might suck in the moment if maybe you have a three minute match, but that means you have three minutes of data at the highest level that you can go back and deconstruct and everybody's on the top of their game whenever they're competing at an ADCC. So I just tell people, I'm like, honestly, if it's something that's important to you, there are short-term goals and long-term goals. It's best to kind of qualify like, hey, this is only a bump in the road, but long-term it could be very valuable to you. So uh, there is that. But we did mention, okay, so the opens are kind of cool. But then... And I don't know how many people know this, but as you're competing at an open, you know, obviously you and Jasmine make sense. You see her at an open. You know who I don't see at an open all the time is Rose, Nama Yunus. And so then when that happens, what's going through your head? Did you know she was in the division? Did you know that when you see her at an event like that, sometimes you go like, oh, maybe she's got a teammate competing. Oh, she, nope, she looks like she's competing. Like, how did that happen? And, and were you surprised by seeing her on that front? Uh, so actually, I know Rose and Pat from a couple years before I had an opportunity to 
go up and do some training with them and uh, help her with one of her camps uh, just for a couple of practices before she went against uh, Jessica Andrade for the first time. So um, I know them. I like them. You know, she's gritty. She's, uh, you know, a good grappler in her own right, even being a, an MMA fighter. Um, so I saw her name. I do look at brackets beforehand and, you know, the competitors list. And, you know, I thought it was cool, um, you know, to, to see someone so high level in MMA and then to throw their hat into grappling as well. And like I said, she's got some good grappling, too, that I think people forget because um, she is a striker um when you see her uh recently in her, in her uh ufc events and stuff but um but she's a great grappler and again just another opportunity to to get to go against somebody that's high level uh you know uh someone that i respect as an athlete and um you know that that was a, a fun match as well i just love the fact that she's somebody who you've worked with and that you have experience in, in knowing a little bit of her game and then all of a sudden it, now, you know, I'm asking this question to you, but I'm sure from her perspective, it's like, mm. yeah, it's going to be a rough day at the office for me, too. So <laughs> I think, you know, it's it's fun to, to get that experience. And it's so cool that you guys have that. I didn't know that you guys knew each other in that way. So that's actually a really unique experience in the sense that at the highest level of competition, you both go, all right, well, best person wins and go so that's got to be a, a very unique thing that you guys both get to share but as i mentioned you were doing well in these opens and i know you mentioned something about like you wanted to get better reps and that you wanted to get a more consistent set of winning going so going into a camp what did an adcc camp look like for you Oh man, you know, it's like really, uh, what do you consider a camp? Because, uh, you know, being in a sport like jujitsu, um, it, it's year round to some degree. Right. So, uh, really you could argue that the, the camp starts, you know, by getting reps at these other tournaments. Um, when they first opened up the ADCC opens, the first one, it was in Las Vegas, um, last September. And I did that one, uh, and, you know, I would I would still consider that one being a part of my camp, you know, obviously like long term, but um, then going into like the short term, right, um, a little bit closer to it. Uh, I have some great training partners in Colorado Springs as a whole. Uh, we have a group of people that regardless of what gym you come from, you know, we're all kind of doing basically a collaboration uh, we'll get together and train. And they were also uh, a lot of my training partners going to trials. And so, um, you know, we'd meet for these uh, training sessions, we'd go through like, oh, would this count as a score, you know, going off of the, um, uh, the time that you would have at ADCC, you know, the six minute round, and then a, a three minute OT, um, and kind of working through those technicalities in the gym too. Um, they were great for that. And then, uh, you know, yeah, like, I, I don't know, I guess it's like a long term. It's not like I was like, this is camp, you know. Um, and then honestly, right before, uh, surprisingly, maybe to some, I wasn't sure if I was going. Um, my mom had some health issues and she was going to have major surgery. So I pulled out of uh, IBJJF Nogi Pans to stay and kind of support her. And I didn't even get my ticket until maybe a week before trials was supposed to happen. And so the last part of my camp was a little rocky, but, um, again, having those people that I had already collabed with and, and, you know, have that support from them, they were going out there and, 
um they were a great support system shout out to the the guys at wilson wilson bros grappling so um they were great but yeah so the end of my camp looked funky and i was just kind of going in like again kind of looking at data collection like i want to perform and uh do my best but ultimately it was a feeling out of this new weight class and um just seeing what i could make happen so well i hope that your mom is doing better and uh, I totally understand that family should always be first. So you don't have to say too much on that front. But if anything, what was the motivator? Because I know whenever something like that comes up, it's so easy to overlook that. But you always think to yourself, you're like, well, I could always do West Coast because I'm going to have to do West Coast anyways. What was like kind of the motivator if there was any or the, the kind of decision when you said, oh, no, I can't actually do this. Right. Well, one of it was like, my mom is doing better on that front. Um, but I did have a conversation with her because I was worried about leaving. And, you know, she really encouraged me to go. And then, you know, to kind of think like, we, we train for this and like, we train for these competitions. And really, it's like, you know, you look at the short term before train, uh, before a, a competition, and you're like, oh, that like, if this gets messed up, um, then it's like, you know, it's going to mess me up completely, but trying to look at the big picture, like, okay, the training's been going on longer than you, you know, realize, right. Like we're looking at the short term, um, but kind of zooming out and being like, you know, the work's be being put in. And ultimately my goal is to continue to get better. So as long as I have the support from, you know, one, my mom, um, who I was leaving to go uh, compete, right? She was encouraging me, like, just do it. I'm fine. I'm good. Um, at that point, we were, we were thinking she was going to be in the clear a little bit. So, um, yeah, just, you know, having, having her support um, and then just kind of taking it with a grain of salt and being like, okay, things weren't perfect, but let's see what we can make happen, right? Um, and just kind of having that mindset going in. And again, kind of that Kale Sanderson approach where it's like, okay, all I can control right now is my effort and my attitude. Let's see where that takes me. Um, and let's see what the results, uh, you know, how the results go. By the way, shout out your mom, because for her to be like, you know what? I get it. And I appreciate you being concerned, but these are those rare times when you do have to go like, and it's so nice to have that reassurance from your family that kind of says, Hey, listen, I know what your goals are. I know what you want to do. And also I know my health and I know I'll be okay. It's just as a kid, it is so impossible sometimes to be like, um, no, I've got this guilt. I can't go. It doesn't seem right. There's always another time, but, uh, that's a really, really cool parent. That means that they're very much in support of you and what you want to accomplish in this life. So I think that's a, a wonderful display. And I mean, the nice part is I know this in the back of my mind, which is you win, but it's not like you're going to spend a whole set amount of time like partying. You're like, I should probably get back home now. If anything, it just makes the winning slightly less uh, celebratory and more like, yay, cool. All right. I have to get on a flight and go back now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So and uh, it was great because I had all those other guys from uh, Wilson Bros that were going out there, um, John Terrell, uh, Luca, 
all these guys who, you know, I was really like, okay, I'm going to, you know, make an experience out of it and, you know, go and, and travel with them. And then, yeah. And then after the competition, it was kind of like, you know, get back to my, get back to my family, get back and make sure my mom's okay. But I did make her promise, you know, when I was out there, I was like, if anything, you know, goes on, like, you need to be honest with me. That was like one of my biggest uh, things before I left. I was like, you can't keep it from me just because I'm competing because she'll do that sometime to save me. But um, yeah, I'm like, gotta be honest. But, uh, but yeah, it all worked out. And, and now she's doing great. So it's awesome. Well, please send our best. That is amazing to hear. From a competitive standpoint, I just know that probably meant you were checking your phone in between matches in a way that was like, all right, cool. We got another win. No message from mom. All right, cool. Who's the opponent? What are we doing? So it, it, it's a weird thing that people, I would have never known that. Let's put it that way, because all we see is you in front of us competing. And I think it's such a, it's an underrepresented thing in the sport to know what people are dealing with. So that's part of the reason why I like doing these interviews is you get a, a big insight into the perspectives that you have or the things that you are overcoming. And clearly there's the stuff where you go like, okay, you're overcoming the competition uh, sort of uh, anxiety or the competition highs and lows. But there's this whole other subcomponent that's underneath that you're still dealing with that makes it all the more impressive to see and get that sort of result. And I'm sure the nice part for your mom is she gets to share in that especially not just, you know, raising you and making you a great kid, but in the sense that she knew that if you had stayed, you wouldn't have accomplished something special. So it's mm -hmm. one of those things where I'm sure she goes, watches you, sees that result and then goes, yeah, like I thought you were going to win. So it, it's <laughs> got to be a great moment for a parent. So I think uh, when you guys get together for this holiday season, that'll be a, a nice memory to kind of keep together as well. So that's going to be really, really dope Absolutely. going into that. All right, let's get into the competition aspect itself. We talked about your camp, but I usually like to know week of, and I think we got a little bit of the detail, which is you didn't quite know for sure it was going to happen. So if you don't know what it's going to happen in that way, how much does that rush the travel and the weight cut or not even the weight cut, but I mean, more so just the travel and the balancing of getting into that. Hey, some people go for a week ahead of time. Some people show up the day of, but for you, it's gotta be something that's a little bit different in terms of, all right, there are a few factors that you have to balance all while making sure the logistics work out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think probably one of the nice things about uh, this being a little bit heavier of a weight class than I was used to is I was way underweight. So, you know, not really stressing the weight cut or anything like that. And uh, a little out of my element than what I would usually do if I compete, because I'm usually one of those people that, you know, I'm in the day right before so I can stay kind of mostly on my routine uh, and then compete the next day. That's just how I how I usually do it. But um, again, really uh, kind of leaning on the people that I was traveling with, uh, you know, the other guys from Colorado Springs and everything. And they went in a day early and, um, you know, again, trying to just picture it like, oh, it's kind of like out of my norm, right? Which, you know, you kind of get in your ritual as an athlete of what you do before uh, competing. But I was just like, okay, this is all a little different. This is all a little wonky. Um, and just kind of enjoy the experience. And honestly, it was great. The guys were great. Traveling with them was a bunch of fun. We got to go to B Team New Jersey. 
um, on Thursday and, and uh, got a little sweat in over there. And then uh, we have a really good team that's here in Colorado Springs that trains with Wilson Bros. Uh, his name is Trey and he was doing the open on Friday. So we actually spent, you know, a lot of the day cheering him on at the open. He did the teens division and jumped into the adults, which was, you know, kind of a, a, a good way to kind of get hyped up for trials as well, because, you know, he was doing great and had some really exciting matches and everything. So, um, yeah, so, so the week, uh, uh leading up was different, but, um, ultimately a, a really great experience, you know, and, and again, just, staying, uh, you know, in contact with my, with my mom. And then, uh, my husband was home for this one as well. So, you know, they were supporting me from home and everything, but yeah, a little different than my, my norm, but a lot of fun looking back too. That's awesome. That, that is very cool. So it's nice to know the logistics come forward with that because I think more than competing or even jujitsu at times, I recognize I'm the logistics guy. So I'm, I'm very much on my team. If somebody's like, we should get together and train. I'm like, cool. When, when are you free? <laughs> All right. No, that doesn't work for me. Okay. There's gotta be do. one, right? There's always <laughs> one. And I just like our, our instructor, our, our gym owner, he came up to me and he's like, Hey man, my AM class wants to take on your PM class in like, kind of like a little scrimmage sort of a thing. And I was like, Oh, that sounds great. And he's like, I want that's awesome. To. I want them to get worked and I go, Oh, okay. <laughs> and then he literally comes to me and he goes, I think that I want two rounds for them. And I go, well, two rounds isn't a tournament. You know, if you have like a quintet style, that means one and one can happen. I'll figure it out. And I literally go home. I map out a whole thing. and I send it to him. I'm like, what do you think of that? He goes, Oh, that, yeah, that works really well. <laughs> That's awesome. And I just love this fact that he goes, you went home and did all this already. He was like, I had it in my head. I just typed it out. That's what happens. <laughs> if anybody works production, you have to do those things very quickly. Otherwise, they just don't get done. So that's why if you're like me and you have to compete on the East Coast and it's a very quick trip that you put together, it's usually like, where am I staying? What am I doing? Where am I training to get a sweat in? How am I doing this? Who am I talking with? And then by the end of it, it's being like, all right, cool. Did I get all the stuff? Did I pack all my stuff? All right, how's all that work? So that's why to me, I'm always <laughs> right. like, I... I'm always amazed how quickly those things come together when people just go like, oh, no, I just felt like competing. And then I went and I won it. <laughs> right. So I always laugh really hard because I go, cool. How did the planning go? Did you figure out stuff? Yeah, you're how like, you do how that? did that work? And then the yeah, that biggest was... question is always like, Sorry, how much ahead. was that ticket? Like that plane ticket was not cheap whenever that happens. Yes. Yes, exactly. Well, and that's how it was. This one, it was like, it's kind of nice because it's like you get – this period of time, you know, a couple weeks before a tournament and you're looking at those plane tickets and you're like, oof, that's bad. And then it's almost like you get to catch a break if you get it real last minute, which mm -hmm. uh, luckily I, I was I was that person. But yeah, uh, Terrell and John had put everything together. So it's pretty much like, hey, guys, I'm going to get on your flights and then I'm just going to like, you know, can you guys basically adopt me for the for the weekend? And <laughs> and they did. And they were great. So um, that was really awesome. Didn't have to do too much thinking on that front. Um, that planning and, and everything is not my strong suit. So, uh, yeah, I let them take care of it and they did great. <laughs> hey, it doesn't matter. I mean, as long as you've got somebody who takes care of that and can help you with it, it's just like this. It's like anything in jujitsu. You might not be the best at leg locks, but that's why you get a leg lock guy at the gym. So you go, oh, you're in charge of this. So it's part of the reason why 
when the bill happens and the whole group comes out, I just go, don't even waste it. Just give it to me. Yeah. And I literally just pull out a pen. They're like, you had a pen on you? I was like, I'm a writer. I always have a pen on me. So then it's me making the notes and being like, hey, you're short. You need $10. Uh, gratuity. And two, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, all right. That's very cool. Now you're at the actual dance itself. We're going to go match by match. But I wanted to start by asking when you're about to approach day of, you know, these things are kind of a marathon in terms of being yeah. prepared, staying hot and, and warm and ready. Well, at the same point, some days you get the pre notes that say, all right, we're going to do these weight classes first. And one of the things I noticed was for the weight classes that had all the people that they were narrowing down with a heavy amount of people. Great. You did that weight class finish that weight class finish. When they got around to the ladies, it was chaos because I had no idea what weight class was going on at any given time. So I always think as a competitor, how does that feel when you go like, oh, wait, are we where are we up or are they up? Because I thought we were going to do one weight class at a time. Nope, it's all jumbled. All right. It's all of us together. So what was that looking like from that element of after you do the weigh in? And then mentally getting ready for that first match. Like, what does that timeline look like to you? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the women didn't go until way later in the day on that day one, right? They did all the all the men's weight classes first. Um, and just like you said, kind of like plugging people in. I really was skeptical when they said that um, they were going to put matches and like you knew where the first few matches were starting but then it was just like as matches finished, they would just plug you into a mat. And I was like, oh, man, like that sounds like it's going to be chaos and wild. Um, but it actually worked out pretty well, a lot better than I thought. Um, I was there watching a lot of the other guys that we had from from our city um, competing the whole day uh, leading up. And so it was definitely once they got to the to the women's divisions, you know, you're like kind of like slapping your face and like getting some coffee and being like, OK, you know, uh, it's time to go. Uh, you gotta gotta kind of hype yourself up again and and get warmed up and everything. Um, but even if it looked a little chaotic to the outside, I would say compared to the last time I did West Coast Trials and the way that they ran that one, um, that was actually tougher to uh, pay attention to and kind of know when you were going to be up when they were plugging you in. You kind of it, yeah, it was like organized chaos, I guess. Um, so I kind of knew where I was going and everything, but I, I had to buy the first round. And so my first match was, uh, you know, uh, what was that Saturday, Saturday evening and, um, and, uh, got the, got the finish, was able to get the finish, uh, in around a minute, which was awesome. But then you're like all hyped up and you're like, okay, can we just keep going? And then they're like, no, nope, you gotta wait until the next day. And, uh, you know, which is different from some tournaments where it's like, okay, you knock out all of your matches on one day. Right. Um, so you're kind of like, okay, now we just got to like, bring it back down, like bring the, bring all the, the hype train back down and the adrenaline and everything and, and, you know, get to sleep and all that stuff. But, uh, uh yeah, it worked out pretty well. Yeah. I, I see that feeling so many times, uh, both men, women, what have you, when it gets down to the fact that you've competed and you go, I feel like I'm hot at a table in Vegas. We got to keep this thing going. Mm -mm, this feels good. Let's do this right now. Like, yeah, that, that pacing is probably just as tough as the competition itself to kind of figure out how to balance yourself without going too far over. One thing I do notice though is 
So you mentioned the West Coast trials. I have distinct memories of, I want to say, the 2019 West Coast trials. And they've come so far from there because I thought that was chaos. Like, that was way behind. I felt so bad for the competitors. I had friends who were competing. And, you know, when I show up, you know, most people know I'm not going to compete at that. Some people are still asking me, like, hey, man, are you you competing at this? And I go, no. (laughs) No, I'm here for support. And they're like, so you could go home right now, right? And I go, I could. But I love you guys, so I'm going to. I'm going to stay here and stick it out with you guys. I'm going to stick it out. Yeah. (laughs) And the worst part is there were guys who at around 8 p.m. when there was still a lot of tournament left to go, they looked like they were about to leave. And I remember grabbing them like, you don't leave the island. You stay until it's finished. So I knew that I was going insane from that. But I could only imagine what it was like for the, the athletes, the competitors. And now it seems like they've. They've gotten things a little bit more regimented. And every time I see improvements, that's good. But I will never forget that experience in being like, I've been to a lot of tournaments. That was the worst run tournament I had been to at that point. <laughs> and I just thought to myself like, oh God, I can see things going wrong. But that was so rough. So anytime I hear somebody now saying like, we had a great experience, I go, thank God. Okay, good. Because... You don't want the Olympics trial system for our sport to basically knock you off just because the logistics are bad. Again, covering the logistics guy. When I see things going off like that, I go, I'm not producing this. It's hard for me <laughs> not to want to step in. But, you know, it's it's a nice experience to see that happening for you. So you mentioned first match coming in. You do get a great result after that. What is happening in that downtime then? Because there is a little bit of downtime in in between that and your next match. So what's going through your mind? And are you somebody who does a little bit of tape study? Are you just more in the environment or are you just so isolated from it all when it's happening live? Yeah, I definitely like to look up the brackets and the competitors list. Um, And then, you know, it it depends. Uh, the, The cool thing about trials is, you know, you when you're at a certain like belt level and stuff like that, there's a lot of the same people you're going to see, right. Um, once you get up to black belt or brown belt, um, the people that stick around, you know, you'll see them a few times kind of thing. Um, but the cool thing about trials is you have these people, you know, they could be, uh, you know, kind of, uh, uh, under the radar, uh, you know, and just, this is going to be their standout performance. So there's definitely some people where I like look at the bracket. I'm like, Oh, I don't know who they are, but you know, you got to, uh, respect and never underestimate anyone. Right. So some people I didn't know in the, in the division. Um, but after that first match, um, I knew the next day I was going to have, uh, a, a grappler that I really respect. Her name is Shalia Lindsay and she's a black belt and she's actually beat me twice. And, um, so I was going to have her first thing the next morning. And, um, again, respect her as a grappler. She's fantastic and really wanted to get that win against her. Um, and knew it was going to be a, a battle to get it. Um, so yeah, just kind of preparing for that and being like, you know, again, kind of focusing on, you know, giving the effort and giving my best performance and not necessarily the results, um, and just kind of going at it and, uh, not holding anything back was kind of my, my goal in that match against her. Um, and I was able to, to get the win in overtime, which was, which was great. And, you know, to, to get that win off of somebody that, you know, has beat me twice. And, uh, again, that I very much respect was, 
was a great way to start the day. And I think after that, I was like, okay, this could be a good day, you know? <laughs> that is really cool to hear because in my perspective, you know, somebody could mentally defeat themselves before they step on the map because of that record. So it, it is cool to both overcome it from the mental side, but the actual physical side of actually doing it, it they're two very cool things to, to get and to accomplish for yourself. So now if you're thinking things are looking good for you, you go into your third match. Uh, how much time is between that third match? And then again, is it a similar situation? What's going on in terms of, um, you know, making sure that you're good. You're, you're like hydrated at that point. I start thinking about food options. I probably start thinking like, all right, if I don't eat now and I really do make it to the finals, it's not like I could sit down and have a, a, a nice little meal by then. It's like I tend to space things out. So what is that kind of timeline looking for you at that point? Yeah, so uh, if I'm remembering correctly, there was quite a bit of time in between that first uh, first match of the day, I guess, uh, second match of the tournament and that quarterfinals match. So, uh, you know, kind of trying to get a cool down so you don't get too stiff in between um, rounds and then, yeah, it's hard. Just as you mentioned, it's kind of hard to figure out how to time food and everything. And to some degree, you know, the nerves are like, you know, you're not hungry, but you know, you should eat because then, you know, if you don't, you know, you get lightheaded and everything. But, um, you know, I try to bring snacks with me and everything. So not really eating a meal, but I've got like bananas and, you know, some some jerky or whatever to snack on and, you know, try to grab something like that and then, you know, get some electrolytes and, and water in. But um, really just kind of trying to chill out and everything until that, until that quarterfinals match. And, um, you know, there's a couple of what I think, what I would have called like an upset for the bracket, like the girls that, um, uh, that I ended up going against, I wasn't sure if those were going to be the girls that I was going to get. Cause there was a couple other, um, you know, there's a black belt who's really tough that ended up getting beat, um, that I thought I'd end up going against and, uh, another Brown belt that I've, you know, seen her compete and also respect. And both of them got knocked out before I had a chance to go against them. So it was kind of cool to see that shuffle of the bracket and get some, some girls that, uh, I didn't necessarily have, you know, time to look into too much. I'm just like, they're obviously tough as hell, you know, and, uh, watching them compete against some of those some of those girls that I also thought were very tough and for them to, to come out the, the winner. Um, I was like, Oh, this is going to be going to be great, but not necessarily the, the, the competitors I thought I'd be going against. So it was cool. Yeah. I always tell people, I'm like, there are some people that you're surprised. Oh, Hey, that person's not here or this person's not here. And there's always that element of, Oh, expect, people did not make it to the finals that sometimes you think like, Oh, for sure they're going to make it. Or that person's a hundred percent guaranteed. They forget at ADCC, there is one winner. So even though there's one winner, that meant that a lot of people in that actual bracket who are phenomenal, just still don't end up winning. So it, mentally <laughs> you have to get really, really prepared because we do a fight companion and whenever I'm watching uh, matches, we have the eight screens or so going on. And it's a lot of information to be taken at one point. So I think the worst thing that happens is sometimes I don't even know if my friends or guests of the show have been eliminated. I just kind of see the end result. You kind of see one of these for somebody else and you go, wait, that person's out? Oh, no. So 
it's it all happens so quickly that I'm sure when you see it happening on the floor live, you just have to be very open to it and and observing it because you also want to see when those people are starting to peak, like why are they peaking, and right. what are they doing that then becomes something that you have in a match potentially. So uh, I can appreciate uh, having to balance those two things out. So very cool to see. So I think that brings us to your semifinal at this point. Or did so, we skip yeah, actually, your third match? We did. We okay, did. let's go back so, to your third match then. My apologies. <laughs> yeah, no, all good. So again, that one was the, the match I was a little uh, first surprised. Now I'm not because, you know, I realized like, you know, she she's a very tough grappler too. But, you know, just as we're talking about, you know, ADCC, you it's not just black belt in the division, right? You've got these other up and comers that are hungry and really good. And, uh, you know, I ended up having a girl out of fight sports, uh, Leilani for my quarterfinals match. And she was really tough. We ended up going into overtime and I was able to hit, um, a little wrestling sequence and then ended up taking her back and, and won that match, uh, six to zero, I believe. Um, and, but man, what a scrap and like, so fun to go against such a, like, I saw her in her match right before, uh, the one that we did and oh man, you know, you could tell like she's not giving up anything. She's going to be fighting for everything and, and you know, just a, a total gamer in that in that uh, way. So uh, I knew it was going to be a fun one and kind of getting excited to have somebody who's just like, you know, not only technical, but also really gritty too. And uh, yeah, to get that win was like, sweet, that's awesome. You know, like that was a good win. <laughs> I do appreciate that, you know, you, you have those, I think sometimes they call them like out of body experiences. Where you're like, wow, this is a really good match. Also, I'm in it, so I should probably make sure I win. <laughs> so it's kind of cool to both be present enough to say like, hey, respect to her. She's having a great tournament. I have to stop it. So yes. it definitely is a it's a it's a nice balance. <clears throat> I tell her guys, I'm like, you will never know when those moments hit you because you are so in dialed in, dialed in. Everybody's dialed in until something like hits you. And then there's no way to sometimes prepare for it. it's it's similar to adrenaline where you go oh i didn't know that was going to happen like you can prepare as much as you want have so much cardio but then the actual like anxiety everything coming together is like oh that took all the breath out of me exactly oh, that, that's a yeah. fun thing to navigate okay cool so that's <laughs> what we're going to be doing here all right good to know so i i'm always fascinated by those things all right, now we're starting to get to your semifinal. And here against Sophia, you have an excellent result. You get a guillotine finish in this uh, match. Talk us through how you were able to get that and what, if anything, surprised you in this match. Yeah, no, uh, Sophia, you know, again, like uh, my semifinals and my finals are just these like really tough grapplers that are super young. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to see um, what they're going to do in the future, uh, not just what they're doing right now. Obviously, they're doing great right now, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, Sophie, she's very tough, very good wrestler, too. Um, so, and and whenever I get to wrestle in jiu-jitsu, I just kind of get excited about it. So, to have a wrestler like Sophia and, and to get to be on the feet with her and, you know, kind of have some um, solid exchanges and regulation. So, I had a couple of times where, you know, I was looking and, and, you know, looking to get the takedown and got her down. But, you know, you have the turtle rule with ADCC. 
So as soon as she turtles off of it, you know, uh, then, you know, you're not getting the two. Um, I had some good exchanges there, but ultimately it went into overtime and, uh, you know, she picked up a single on me and I was able to kind of square my hips up with her a little bit and snag that, that high elbow guillotine, which was my second one for the tournament, which probably the weirdest part about hitting two uh, high elbow guillotines is it wasn't something that I'd been training. It's not something I was going out of my way to try to get on people. Um, and I really haven't been doing high elbow guillotine variations very often. Um, so then to kind of have, I guess my body kind of autopilot and, uh, hit two of those in the tournament was, was a cool experience, you know, just to let your, let your body do its thing. Um, so to get that high elbow guillotine and I knew, you know, she's also very tough. So it was going to have to be locked in pretty tight to even, uh, get her to tap on it. So I just went all in on that and, uh, uh, it worked out for me. So that was, that was a really good win. And, and again, uh, she's a very tough competitor, so I can't wait to see what she does in the future as well. I just want to point this out. I love the fact that you can sit here and, and tell me, you know, I want that one surprised me too. I, I wasn't even trying that one. <laughs> it just happened twice. I don't know. It's all good. Like that's the best result that you can get. It's just, I'm sure there's an element of, huh, high elbow guillotines. I, I wasn't even going to bet on myself on that one. So I love right. the fact that so often you get these stories from the, the athletes that go, you know what? I've been spending two months. There was nothing more satisfying than hitting this one move. You're like, you know what? The Jarvis inside my body took over. <laughs> the Iron Man suit did its thing, and uh, we landed on elbow guillotines. And I'm not going to complain. It's a, it's a great thing. So I love the fact that you, you kind of have that moment. But it does go to show, like, hey, sometimes in those high-pressure situations, it's the thing that you're not thinking of that you as, uh, have as a weapon on hand that you go, oh, this proved to be very, very valuable. So it meant that at some point in the past, some drilling, some work that you did, some live preparation. It, it came to fruition at a time when your conscious could just take care of it. Yeah, it's weird how that happens sometimes. And, you know, I'm definitely also it's important to have those times where you're like, oh, I'm really zeroed in on this one technique. And and, you know, we have those times where we, we uh, grow and evolve. But I mean, I talked to, uh, you know, some of our athletes and stuff like that where Sometimes the best thing you can do is like work on something for a while and then you let it kind of just like sit in the background and ferment. And then maybe the next time it comes up, it's going to click a little bit more. I don't know if that's exactly what happened, but yeah, I mean, sure. I, I've gone over high elbow guillotines in the past and, uh, and yeah, it's just like, it's, it's a wild, wild experience to just be like, all right, your body's doing it. But you're like, huh, wow, that was kind of <laughs> cool. You know, <laughs> like you're having that same realization too, you know? <laughs> I tell people all the time that when I first started jujitsu, my instructors would show me stuff and you know, I'm older. So when I look at things, I go, I don't think that's going to work for me. And I do it. I don't bitch about it. I just say like, Hey, listen, I don't think that works for my body. This beer and bolo is never going to happen for me. You know, like that <laughs> sort of stuff. And next thing you know, I want to say maybe two years down the line, I'll go, oh, now it works for me. So I always tell the people who I work with, I say, hey, you know, give it a shot. It may not manifest itself for about another year, two years. I go, I'm still surprised that sometimes I get a move that I go, oh, we do that now. 
<laughs> we certainly didn't do that move three years ago. So, okay, good. So yeah, I, that's why I tell people, I'm like, you know, I know mindless drilling sometimes sucks, but there are ways to make that heightened, whether it's uh, positional sparring, whether it's doing stuff, but it really does come from trying out the move first and getting a grasp of it and then saying like, maybe you can discard it later, but give it an earnest effort and see what happens. Cause uh, Lord knows I have surprised myself a number of times where I go like, Oh, and my favorite thing is people go, how long have you been doing that? I go today. <laughs> That's the best. I didn't <laughs> think I was going to do that today. It wasn't written on a journal anywhere, but it happens. So, uh, and now you get to say that story as somebody who's done it at ADCC trials. So it is definitely within the lore of what you do. Now you mentioned this already. You mentioned this final so many eyes were on this one because you know you're having a great tournament your your training uh, your opponent has this great tournament as well so i know from our viewing party we were stoked to see this this final happening now for you there's also a little bit more pomp and circumstance and i know you've done a lot of fight to wins i know that you've done things where things feel a little more elevated but we're talking real walkout music the whole setup changes you know they kick you guys out to be like get the f out we got to go fix this up so then there's this whole pomp and circumstance and i thought to myself well it feels cool to watch but what did it feel like to be part of that before you even get out to the match yeah uh it definitely i think helped to have so many like fight to win events uh under my belt, you know, uh, Seth Daniels lives in Denver. So, um, I've gotten to compete for, him, uh, for him multiple times. Um, so kind of having that walkout music and actually like, I know Seth pretty well. And so, uh, you know, when he asked me for a walkout song, I was like, you know, you just pick something for me. Like I'm good with whatever. Um, and, uh, he picked a run the jewel song, which was cool. Um, but, uh, yeah. So like the walkout and everything was really cool, you know, to see all the lights and then to see that, like, oh, we got all this mass space now, right? So, uh, you know, with the out-of-bounds rules and everything for ADCC, it's like, oh, now we have, you know, we're not going to be going off into the crowd. We have, you know, basically whatever it was, six or eight mats to work with of space, um, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, the the lights and, you know, they, they made it a lot of fun to have like the walkout and everything. And uh, going into that match, I, I knew obviously like you know helena's really good and you know she's got all the hype behind her which you know she deserves she's a good grappler and uh so i know i knew going in that everyone was expecting her to win right um which again give her give her all the respect um you know could have could have easily been uh, a match that you know she could win too and she's beat me before um my biggest disappointment when i went against her the last time uh, it was in a fight to win pro event. And I felt like I just didn't play my game, you know, like where you leave that one again, kind of going off of like, if you want your performance to be your effort and your attitude, I felt like I didn't give my best effort in the sense of playing my game. So that's all I knew I wanted to do against her this time. Like I, I was excited to get another match against her. Um, but to just go out there and kind of be myself, play my game and and see where that got me. Um, so the experience of walking out was fantastic. Uh, you know, the, the crowd beforehand, you know, obviously like, you know, kind of favored her and, uh, and then getting into the match and, and, uh, you know, as soon as like points started and, you know, she, she had taken the penalty for the guard pull and everything. And then to get that takedown to kind of 
you know, in my eyes kind of like solidify um, that I could win it. Um, that was, that was a cool moment. And that's when, you know, you hear kind of like the crowds getting excited for, for both grapplers. Right. And, and, uh, yeah, that was awesome. What was going through your head when that like pool guard negative point kind of happens? Because in our opinion, we, we had this thing. So we had a little viewing party and we saw it and we all kind of had to say it out loud to each other because our brains were processing it. Like, Oh, in other tournaments or formats, maybe that's not a big deal, but here it, it could very much make or break you. Having said that, even in this interview, you have mentioned, oh, I love to wrestle at least three times. So then if I knew nothing about you and just watched this interview, I'd be like, I don't know that I want to wrestle with her. Maybe I need to pull guard <laughs> myself. I think she's willing to go the extra mile, but in your head, did you expect it? Did you, were you surprised by it? Like what was going through your head when that did happen? Yeah, you know, uh, I expected it a little bit. And then uh, in the match, even before that, you know, she's kind of trying to um, feed me her leg, right? Which is something actually Jasmine Rocha did to me uh, at the Denver Open in our finals. And I understand why, right? Uh, with the rule set, um, as long as I'm the one who initiates the takedown, you're getting what you want. Uh, you know, cause you're kind of like, Oh, the leg, Oh, they're taking me down and it doesn't count as a guard pull. So I was aware that that was maybe something that she would do. I talked with the, you know, the guys that I was with beforehand, John Wilson and Terrell and, and Marcus and the, and those guys. And we talked about that being a possibility and I knew I wasn't going to take the, the leg if it was offered, uh, I would, uh, respectfully decline. Um, but when she pulled, you know, I think it says a couple of things, uh, you know, for her to pull, she has confidence in her guard which i think is awesome and she does have a really great guard right so to me when she went ahead and sat it was you know kind of her also saying that like you know she's not worried because you know she she can rely on her guard which again is like great she's a she's a great competitor and she does have a great guard um for me i was like sweet now i get to start to work my passing but obviously um, knowing that she takes a penalty for that is is something you know tactically i'm thinking in the back of my mind um, that I, I am technically up at this point in time. So, you know, making sure that I'm playing into the places that I want to play. Um, if she's getting anything like attaching me to, to her body in a way that like is going to be beneficial to her, not accept those positions. Um, and, you know, kind of break ties if I need to, and then coming back in was kind of the goal. And then, um, you know, once she got back up to her feet after, um, you know, attempting a sweep on me, I was like, Ooh, yes. Now we get to wrestle, you know, I was excited about that, but also trying to be patient because I haven't seen a lot of her work on the feet, but I also didn't want to take her down into a super advantageous uh, position, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, so to get that single leg and be able to sit her down um, and uh, get the two for the takedown, that was, yeah, that was a great moment. But yeah, any, any, the reason I like the ADCC rule set so much is because um, it forces people to wrestle or to be up on their feet a little bit more. And, you know, sport jujitsu, you're allowed to pull guard, like no big deal, but I do love to wrestle. So if we get to wrestle, I'm stoked. <laughs> and again, I think that's so cool because what you're telling me is the minute you knew that takedown happened, you felt confident in your ability to say, I think I've got this match because I think you start to play out the match in your head, which is okay. 
it might just be passing guard, but there's no points for her from bottom unless she's getting like a, a come up or a sweep. But that's not really something you get the sense maybe she wants to do. So it does make sense that you're kind of looking at it from a game point and you go, I don't know. I mean, I welcome her standing up, but it's mm, if she's down here, it, it's things are favoring me at this point. So I could very much see that happening. The look on your face was so great when you kind of have that moment when you know that you've won and then to see you actually win. When that does happen, what does it feel like? What does it feel like to know that you have accomplished something, something so spectacular like that? And walk us through your thought process of like in that moment, right when they call your name as the winner. Yeah, you know, uh, I think it takes a little bit to really sink in and and even the days after that, right, is like, oh, shit, that actually happened. Um, but, you know, the moments right after of being like, oh, yeah, I, I just got that win. And then like, oh, I got that win. Like, oh, man, that's crazy, you know. Um, so, yeah, just like that, like, moment of being a little bit in, in, I don't know, like shock in the way of like, this could have played out so many different ways. And um, obviously also thinking about, you know, on the back end of like, oh man, I, like I almost didn't go or like things weren't perfect or, you know, my head go my headspace going into it wasn't perfect um, uh, to be able to still come out and, and win that tournament was a really cool thing. Um, and yeah, so I think, you know, all the mo emotions that build at the end of that and also knowing that, you know, going in as the underdog and then being able to get that win and, um, you know, to some degree, like I said earlier, competition is a lot of just data collection, but it, to me, it's also like, you know, proving to myself to some degree, um, where I'm at and, uh, you know, so to get, get some of those big wins or, or to win a tournament, like, East Coast Trials is just like, you know, a really cool moment as a competitor and as an athlete to put in so much work and then being like, hey, like, look at these results. Look, what, look what we've been able to accomplish. And and again, just like, you know, making me more excited for the future because of that, too. A very nice perspective. And I want to bring this up and we're going to backtrack here in a second. I want to go back to your origin story, but I do want to acknowledge something, which is your gym is so sweet because I wanted to ask you about the celebration. I normally ask people about that, but there was something so particularly sweet, which is that they framed and then signed uh, two photos of you winning. Did you know that was happening? I mean, obviously it looks like it's a surprise, but then what is your reaction when you get home? Because it just shows an extra special amount of consideration that a team does for you in a moment that was already special and now it's something that the team has made even more special for you. So what did that feel like when you saw them do that? Yeah. So had no idea. Um, and you know, it's like, we think about competition as this thing that's uh, as an individual, right. You're going out on your own, but, uh, truly for me personally, I really rely on the people around me. Um, the people that support me and, and my team and, you know, um, having a gym that's been open for, for less than a year, the community there is just like next to none in my opinion. Um, and so to, to come back and, you know, I had people that were messaging me, uh, one of my teammates, Justin, great training partner, but also was one of the ones in between matches, like 
trying to keep my head straight and, you know, focus on the task at hand and very positive and, you know, just having all this support while I'm out there. But then to come back to teach my first classes and, uh, you know, I show up and there's balloons and streamers and yeah, the signed pictures. And I had people come in and bring flowers and, you know, some of those things that are just, yeah, like next level, they don't need to do that. Right. But, uh, their their support of me means so much and um they mean so much to me as much as i love competing i i would say coaching is at least equal but i would almost say i enjoy it more than competing myself so to have so many great people in my life and and the community that's uh that we have at tabs is just like yeah crazy so coming back it's like you know made made me tear up and you know just just amazing the support that i receive from the people around me it's it's incredible Oh, I would have been so mad. It would have been like, you, no, 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 do not, do not try to make me tear up right now. I'm already a box of emotions coming in from a really tough tournament. It obviously is very graining. And now you're giving me these wonderful gifts. Like I just, I always tell people, I'm like flowers, like no dude's really getting flowers, but on that day you'd be like, what are these? These are so nice. Thank right. So, like, it's so sweet. <laughs> it's just, it's an outpouring of love from your community that shows what you fostered so that they know, maybe, maybe they don't even fully know what it means, but they know what it means to you. And then as a result, they start to learn that it has this, this carried weight and significance that, it doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't happen statistically to a lot of people. So it does make the moment more collective and it does make it more like, God, I hope they understand their part of this. So that it gives you an opportunity to say that. So I think that's at a very unique and, and good moment, but I saw those signed frames and I just thought like, well, I'm glad we're doing the interview after that happens because that's <laughs> such a unique moment that some gyms, they get lost in it. They, they don't always uh, acknowledge it. And I say like, you know, there's nothing more human than acknowledging these moments. We get a lot of people who are like, act like you've been there. Let's be stoic. And I go, that's cool. You know what? That's not great TV because yeah. anytime somebody just does this and they do it, I go, we didn't go on a journey for them for any reason. You know, like I get, they think everybody wants to do the Michael Jordan sort of thing, but I'm like, bro, you saw Michael Jordan partying backstage at a certain point. So at a certain point, you can let yourself have some fun. And uh, those little moments make it so unique and, and happy. So let's do this. Uh, I know we're, we're going over what we allotted. So if we're still good, I'd like to go back and go to the origin story. Okay. Let's do it. All right. So I always like to know, when did you start jiu-jitsu and where did you start jiu-jitsu? Yes. Okay. So um, I started training jiu-jitsu when I was 18. So I played sports all through high school. Um, I did volleyball and basketball and track, um, looking back, it would have been cool to wrestle, but at the time it was, you know, so rare that you'd have a, a female that was like, you know, wrestling and, and, you know, doing the whole thing. So, um, anyway, that's when MMA was getting really big and I was like, Ooh, I want to do that. Like that, that looks fun. And I had a cousin who was actually fighting MMA at the time. And he was like, listen, you need to get a ground game. You have to have some grappling. Like that's your, that's your best route into uh, competing in MMA. And I was like, okay, cool. So um, I went to a gym in the area at the time, you know, there was only a, a few around and um, I went into this gym that was having their grand opening and um, 
put my name in a, in a raffle and I ended up winning a free month there. And, um, you know, as soon as I started there, I just got really hooked. I competed about a month in and, uh, you know, just was like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. And they started going to competitions right away of like, you know, like IBJJF worlds and, and pans and everything like that. And I'm like, this is what you can do with this sport. Like, this is so cool. Um, and that's kind of, that's all she wrote as far as jujitsu. I, you know, I, I dabbled in, um, some striking and stuff like that, but my heart was really set in the grappling. So, um, yeah, so it was a, a free month that I won at a, a gym called prime in Colorado Springs with, uh, Marcelo and Carlos. And, uh, they were my first coaches and, um, yeah. And I just haven't stopped ever since. I absolutely love it. So do you think you would have found it without that little free trial win for the month? Because sometimes that's enough to be persuasive to people. I know if I get anything for free, I go, yeah, I'll go do that. But do you think you might've found it down the line, given how much you loved wrestling or the fact that, Hey man, potentially, that striking still going to lead me down a scale that gets me to a gym. So was it inevitable in your opinion, or do you think that if anything, it just kind of fast tracked what was likely going to happen? Yeah, I think I would have probably found it uh, to some degree, no matter what um, I was training with a, a, a group of people in the Springs at the time that were more MMA focused. Um, and I'm still really good friends with a lot of the people that I met from there. Um, but this, this just had like, I don't know, just grappling is something and everybody that's in it knows like, you know, you start to go down this like rabbit hole and it gets addicting and, and it's so much fun cause there's so much to learn. Um, so I might've found it no matter what, but obviously being, you know, 18 at the time and, and, uh, you know, I was kind of focused on like, oh, I'm going to go to college now and, um, I had a, a great strength and conditioning coach at the time that really, um, you know, ignited my want and my passion for coaching because I saw what he did for me and, you know, how influential he was. And uh, I knew I wanted to go down the coaching route. I just originally thought it was going to be like a strength and conditioning kind of track. And um, then getting into jujitsu and being like, oh, you can compete in this, but you can also coach in this um yeah i think the the free month kind of sold it um and you know not having a lot of money at the time coming out of high school is probably one of the things where i'm like ooh, just like you're saying like free yeah like that's it um and then just getting involved in, in coaching uh, assisting early and stuff like that it's just like yeah it's just it's just such a cool such a cool sport i mean i have more money now but you still <laughs> give me something free for a month i definitely am like oh well, I wasn't interested in that, but now I'll think about it. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I feel you on that. I feel so, you. So, <laughs> having said that, though, have we eradicated all of the mixed martial arts ambitions out of you? Because you seem like somebody who could segue into that. And, again, anytime somebody's like, I really love wrestling, it tells me that you love the grind, you love the hard work. And those things seem synonymous sometimes with the ability to go into mixed martial arts. So do we have you in the jujitsu side for good or are you going to dabble like some of the other heroes that we have in this sport? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, you can't rule out anything. I just, um, <laughs> I think for, 
for jujitsu, I still have a lot I want to accomplish. And I really feel like I, you know, I'm, I'm still working on trying to reach my potential. Um, so I think, I don't, I don't know if there'll come a point where I'll be like, oh yeah, it, it feels right to, to make the switch and maybe dabble in some MMA. At this point, I'm just like, I'm still very excited about continuing my growth in the sport um, of jujitsu and, you know, all the different rule sets, the ADCC, the IBJJF, uh, all that good stuff. You know, I, I love competing in all of it. So um, for now, I think you, you got me uh, for jujitsu, but can't ever rule out changing it up. <laughs> no, I mean, I get that. I just, I want to make sure we get it on record. And honestly, for most people in jujitsu, I make the pitch of, I want you to stay here. You're an exception. I almost feel like I'm like, you do whatever you want <laughs> because a lot of the times you get somebody like Lovato who goes like, Hey man, I just want to do it. And you go, but I want you here. And I can't tell people what to do with their lives, but I'm like, but I'm still trying to learn what you do in this. I'll learn it less if you punch kick as well. So <laughs> in your particular case, I'm like, I don't know, man. I, I think that she came in a certain way. If she ever did want to do it, I'm not going to be the, the one giving you the conversation like I would to those other people. For you, I'm like, do whatever you like. I just know that it's harder to win ADCC at times if you do the mixed martial arts fully in that respect. But stranger things have happened. So I'm glad that you have a an open door policy on it. It's just I want people to make money in jiu-jitsu. And the only right. way we make money in jiu-jitsu is if the good people don't just start segueing on over to MMA all the time. So I, I'm doing the best I can to keep everybody in. And then all of a sudden you see uh, some of these new guys, like you get a Cody Steele and you're just, just like, oh, man, I got to go there. And I'm like, no, we need you. Yeah, you're, really, you're, a, you're a highlight <laughs> machine. Come back, sir. So uh, I definitely like to give people uh, that mess. I, you kind of answered this, but it's the follow up I have to usually when you started jiu-jitsu, but it's important to note if maybe there's a little bit of difference, which is when is the moment that you actually fell in love with the sport in a way that you wanted to do it as more than just a hobby? Because it's a life for you and it's proved very lucrative and, and good for you. But at the same point, like there has to be a moment where you say, yeah, you know what? Other careers, other ventures, nah, this is it. Was it the competition or was there an element before that in a class or maybe just in your trainings that you said like, no, nah, this is it for me? Yeah. So I think there was a, a couple of different moments, but um, yeah, as I mentioned before, I, I had a great coach um, in high school and, and, you know, he was my first strength coach. He's still the guy that I work with today and, and still one of my biggest mentors. So shout out to coach Sam Melendrez for that. But, um, you know, I, I knew I had a passion for coaching and really, um, you know, back like 10 years ago, um, it was j just as you're talking about money in the sport, uh, in jujitsu, it was like, you can't really compete and make a living at the time, at least. Um, you could be like top tier competitor, like won one of the big things and traveled around for seminars, or you have a jujitsu gym. Right. Um, and from other coaches that I had seen in the sport and things like that, I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And I started assisting with kids classes and I'm like, oh, I really enjoy this. Um, so I think seeing not only the element of like enjoying training myself and competing as 
a big part of it. But also the other side of the coin for me is coaching. Not everybody loves that equally, right? You can lean uh, towards being the athlete or being the coach, um, but you can also do both. And I thoroughly enjoy both, which I think was kind of where I was like, oh, I'm like, maybe I could do this long term, you know, as, as a career. Um, and I was still at the time, you know, parents are like, what are you doing? Like, you're, you're just going to like do jujitsu and that's it. Like, what about college? You know, all this stuff. And um, so I was taking college classes at the time, but slowly it just like, you know, came to a point where I was like, I really want to do this, you know, and I really just want to put, you know, all my effort into it. And um, so after a couple of years of doing some college classes and stuff like that, um, I ended up just kind of really pursuing jujitsu and um, taking any coaching opportunity that I could. I coached at an athletic club in town for like seven years, uh, just running like a kid's program, which I really enjoyed. Um, and then, you know, kind of, I would say like there was a, there was another point, um, you know, uh, maybe about a year and a half ago or so where it was kind of, you know, this idea of like, well, where do I want to go with this? And I'd like to be able to make a living coaching, but I'd also love to, um, continue to compete. Like, I don't feel like I'm done with that yet. And I feel like, you know, if you're running a gym by yourself, you have to kind of make that decision a little bit and, you know, sacrifice, uh, maybe a competitive career to open up a gym. But some of these other guys that I ended up partnering with uh, to open up Tabula Raza Jiu-Jitsu or Tabs, um, you know, I, I let them know that I really wanted to continue to um, compete, but I also wanted to coach. And it was basically this opportunity where it's, you know, kind of perfect scenario for me where I can be a coach, but they also are very supportive of me as a competitor. So getting to do both. So I guess it was kind of two different things, you know, early on when I was like, oh, this is really fun. And I have a passion for coaching and, you know, competing, but then, you know, being way down the line in this sport and being like, okay, how can I really make uh, a career out of it? Start paying my bills a little bit better, you know, doing all that stuff. And, and that's kind of where, um, you know, tabs kind of came up and, and, and where I'm at now. That is so cool to hear. And I just love the fact that, you know, it is hard to explain that sometimes to people when you go, oh, no, no, I found it. I know this is it. Now the tricky part is how does it work? So, okay, cool. I can do what I want, but I can also do what I want. Okay. Yeah, right. Good right. to like, know. Is it going to work out? Everyone's like, mm, is it going to? Like, that sounds like a cool idea, but, <laughs> you know, how does it look down the line? And, you know, somebody like, put well, up a meme. You got to kind of find out. <laughs> somebody put up a meme recently that said, um, I didn't want a nine to five job. And the second half of the meme says, I have a 24 hour job. And I go, oh, my God, <laughs> that one cuts a little too deep. OK, yep. And I'm like, like, posting I it. feel it. I feel it. <laughs> I post it. And it's one of those ones that I post. I'm like, oh, God, that hurts. Oh, tears are happening already. <laughs> just looking at it. And all my buddies who are in like minded fields <laughs> sent me a note being like, yep. And I go, yep, yep. Sounds fun. I can take a break. <laughs> I can work whenever I want to. But uh, this editing for this stuff doesn't happen fun. So, Right. It's all on you, right? It's all on you. <laughs> you know, I, I'm very uh, grateful. I have somebody who helps cut these. So, hey, what's up, Brian? Thank you so much. And he does a great job in, in cutting the, the videos. But I was explaining to him one day. I was like, here's why you doing this helps me. Look at all the stuff that I do aside from that. And he goes, oh, my God. I go, yeah, yeah. I go, but... <laughs> 
this is the fun part. I can interview people for days, but I don't have the Ariel Hawani team yet. So, you know, normally they hand that off and somebody's doing the switching, somebody's doing the editing. I'm like, no, that's me. So, yeah. You're I, like, I all those jobs? Me. It's 100% <laughs> me. So I just go, but you know what people don't want to hear? Anybody bitch about that. So they literally just go like, <laughs> as long as it looks fine, I don't have an issue. It's just whenever, much like you, all the hard work that you do behind the scenes, you go, you do all that work so that everybody can have the gym, so that everybody can enjoy themselves, but nobody wants to talk about refilling the bathroom. Nobody wants to talk about right. taking care of the mats with the solution that takes two weeks to get here. It's all logistics. Again, can't yeah. say that enough. I want to go over just two last things while we're here, yeah. but in a similar pathway of looking at how adorable your team is, they didn't just do a photo frame for your ADCC. They also did a photo frame for your black belt. And when I saw that, or not even a photo frame, they did a, like a nice little uh, poster that they wrote for you. So mm -hmm. when I see those things, I think to myself like, wow, first of all, your gym loves you. So that's awesome. But second of all, that means that you've now been at black belt level for a year. What has that year felt like to you in your first year of being, being a black belt? Yeah, uh, definitely an interesting year and, and you know, a, a positive one for the most part, but making changes like opening up a gym, um, you know, having some people that uh, for my career and, um, you know, even just friends and stuff that can be that can be hard on relationships like leaving a gym and stuff. So definitely had some changing of, um, you know, relationships and stuff that are associated with jujitsu. Um, that was hard in the beginning to be completely honest. Um, so my, my start at black belt, my, my first, like first half of the year was a little bit of just kind of, you know, focusing on opening up the gym, um, feeling out this new, um, schedule as not only a coach, but as an athlete myself and, um, you know, seeking out the, the support that I needed and, and, you know, having so many great people, which, which I have, uh, have had the opportunity, um, to have like so many great people in my life. But, um, the second half of this year, really kind of figuring out, you know, okay, like where I stand and kind of, again, going back to competing, kind of giving me an opportunity to, to, prove myself, uh, not necessarily to anyone else, but to me, to, to myself as a grappler, um, was really, was really great. You know, getting some good wins under my belt, um, having, uh, some good performances at some of the other ADCC opens. Um, and then obviously trials has been great, but really, I just feel like it's a, you know, drop in the bucket really. Um, it makes me excited for the future. I feel like I have so much work to like more work to do, um, to grow and just to be a better grappler. Um, so yeah, I guess first year, good, really like bunch of changes, but ultimately everything has been really positive and it just, it just makes me excited for, for my future in the sport. Wonderful. And I always like to ask this of people. Normally it's easier for the dudes. Cause I can say like, Hey, what does it feel like to go to ADCC? There's a whole thing. It sucks. But you're going to go. You're going to do great at West Coast Trials. And I always like to ask people, what would a win at ADCC mean to you? So that means the actual ADCC event. Like, what would winning that mean to you 
should you get the opportunity to go and actually have such a wonderful thing happen? You know, there are just so few grapplers that get an opportunity to go to the ADCC championships. Um, so to be a part of that event would be absolutely amazing. Um, and to be in that group of people who, you know, are top tier to make it to that event is amazing. So that in itself would be incredible. But also, you know, just to win an event like that would, you know, mean so much. I mean, you put in so much work to a sport like this years and years, you know, and to, and to have an opportunity to, to see it pay off in a way of, you know, winning ADCC championships would be incredible. And then the, the opportunities that ultimately open up after you win an event like that are, are, are always so cool. Um, so yeah, so it would be absolutely amazing to, to see, and then to also just represent, you know, Colorado Springs, um, again, like, you know, being able to have a group of people who are willing to collab here is pretty cool. You know, we're not at, at a powerhouse, like a, like an Atos or like a new wave or something like that, but to have all the incredible people that have been a part of my journey, I think it just, you know, it's not an, a moment that would just be for me. It would be, you know, my parents, my 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 team at Tabs, um, my extended team throughout the Colorado Springs community. It would just, it would be incredible. Well, I also want to read this out loud because I think this is worth noting here. And uh, I'm looking through your, your Instagram posts and I noticed something, you know, 42 weeks ago, you would put up this where you said you went one and one on Saturday. I made the mistake of trying to force something at the end of regulation in my second match and got scored on. I really enjoyed the rule set and atmosphere, though, and I can't wait to come back and do it again. So that proved to be quite true. You really did love the rule set. And in that time, you continue to compete. You continue to find your way. And if you think about it, that's not even a year ago. That's you becoming a black belt, competing at a high level. And then loving it so much that you find a way to make it work. So it goes to show how incredibly far in 42 weeks you're able to make all this progression and then make something wonderful happen in such a short amount of time that it bodes well for not just ADCC, but the things that you're very, very capable of doing going forward from that. So just know that when people say like, eh, what's a year to do? It's like, well, a lot can happen in a year. And you went from being a gym owner <laughs> to somebody who's actively competing and doing wonderful things and on a very good trajectory. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing you compete at the West Coast Trials and, and do the thing. I don't even have to ask you if you're doing West Coast Trials. I just know. We nope. already know. It, it, you're, <laughs> yep. you're somebody who I was like, we began the interview and sometimes it's a question you have to ask. But for you, I was like, oh, she's going. I don't need to ask her. <laughs> yep. Okay, great. Check that box. <laughs> <laughs> so having said all that, I always like to provide an opportunity at the end of each episode. And now you, I know you touched on a couple of the folks uh, just a second ago, but I want to give you an opportunity to shout out friends, family members, teammates, anybody who has helped you get prepared for your ADCC win. And then additionally, I also want to give a shout out to uh, the good folks over at Main Character Jiu-Jitsu. It does look like you may be doing something with them in the future. So I think by the time people see this, they'll understand why we just did that shout out. And I look forward to any potential match or not that you would have with that organization to be released later. But I'm gonna put the camera on you. Feel free to give shout outs to anybody you like at this moment. 
Thank you. Yeah. So, oh my goodness, such a long list of people that I, that I have to thank. Obviously my team at uh, Tabula Raza Jiu-Jitsu, Tabs BJJ, um, really appreciate all your guys' support, uh, specifically to Sam Melendres, uh, Leanna Dietrich, Justin Bray, um, and then John, John and Aaron have been fantastic. Um, my extended family at Wilson Bros Grappling, John, Marcus, Terrell, Luca, um, all those guys have been phenomenal. And then, you know, my parents have been fantastic. My husband, Garrett, has been fantastic. So, so many people who have gotten me to the point uh, where I am today. And I'm really grateful for them. And uh, yeah, just excited to keep going. That's what's up. Well, let's do this. We're going to put a pin on this conversation right now. Uh, I'm going to close up the show, but I'm going to say bye to you off air. And I just want to say it is wonderful to get to meet you. It is wonderful to get to talk about your experience. We had such fun rooting for you watching that match and enjoying your work. And uh, I have to say, I think it's it's incredible to see the things that you've done. Most people in terms of trying to open up a gym, that's a process where they take themselves out of competition entirely. Sometimes you don't see those people because that becomes a life. And the fact that you've got these partners who are helping to ease the burden, it helps, but you still have a lot of responsibilities that you've had to do. And to compete at such a high level at this moment, it is definitely commendable. And I look forward to seeing what happens next for you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. No problem. All right, you guys. That's going to do it for us here on the show. But before you leave, a couple quick reminders. Number one, like, comment, subscribe. If you didn't know what you wanted to like, comment, or subscribe and say in the comment section, let me give you a little prompt right now. Why don't you tell us what is the worst thing that you are logistically anal about? For me, scheduling. It's always scheduling. I literally write down logistics and uh, whenever we're like trying to do this interview, we'll set it up and be like, wait, what time zone are you in? Okay, let me figure out what time zone that's for me. Oh, your mountain? Oh, mountain's a breeze. Mountain's easy. It's the other ones that are hard. Every other one, I'm like, wait, East Coast? You want me to get up at 7 a.m.? I'm not doing that. So that's what I do. You can also support the show by going over to high.page backslash grappling hour, becoming a member, five bucks a month. You see these interviews 30 days before anybody else. And if you want to pay the $10, I promise you, we make it worth your while. We do tape studies together. We're going to do more of those, actually. And we're going to do some solo breakdowns as well. But we usually do them with the athletes talking about their matches. Additionally, you can also check out Roast Raff, where people roast my competition footage. I think it's pretty funny. And you can check out our bonus episodes that aren't available anywhere else. And finally, join our Discord to continue the conversations that we have on this show. Ladies and gents, that's going to do it for us. It has been a great day for grappling. We'll see you back on the mats.